Close the Curtain podcast is an audio platform created to educate, entertain, and inspire women to live their best lives while they close the curtain on things that no longer serve them. We bond over wine or the drink of your choice while sharing many laughs, loves, and sometimes even tears. While this show features our opinions, it should not take the place of you seeking professional healthcare advice. Please buckle up and enjoy the show. I fly United, I fly first class. I make them close that curtain because I don't like all that suffering going back and close. It's so hot, we can't breathe. Please close the curtain, I can't take it. I only have one of them great. I can't help them all, please. Please, please close the curtain. Yeah, I'm for sure, for certain. Some topics be making us way too uncomfortable. Queasy stomachs hurting. We do not deal with negative energy, vibes, and negative person. Tell the story, this hurry up urgent. I needed to close the curtain. I'm Shalana. Don't let the sweet voice and the stethoscope fool you. Because I can tell it like it I is. Hey y'all, I'm Caroline, a Midwestern girl with a Southern flair. I will open and bless your heart in the same breath. After turning 30, there's two places I strongly belong. In a bed and in a book. Sometimes both. Nalita. I fly at night and I fly first class. Close that curtain because I don't like all that suffering go back and close. We have reached the sidebar segment of the show. I like to refer to this part of the show as the meat and potatoes because we are going to provide you with words of wisdom and inspiration to live by. Celebrity news, gossip, and pop culture is fun to discuss, and it can be quite entertaining and intriguing. But we all need positive words of encouragement to help us get through this thing we call life. Today's topic is about body image and self-love. In honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, we wanted to discuss something that most of us probably are struggling with now or maybe have struggled with at some point in time. And before we get into the conversation, I wanted to read a short passage. Your body image is about much more than how you feel about your appearance. It's also how you feel in your body, your sense of control over your body as you go about your day, how you think others perceive it, and whether or not you believe it's good enough. Many people believe their bodies and appearances aren't attractive enough. These thoughts can be formed by messages you receive from your family, friends, the media, and other people. If you grow up hearing negative messages about your body or how you don't measure up, you may internalize these messages and have a poor self-image. The commercials, advertisements, TV shows, magazines, and social media posts you see can afford how you feel about yourself. For centuries, The beauty and diet industries have tried to convince us that we're not good enough and need to buy their products to look better. These tactics make these industries a lot of money. The diet industry makes more than 70 billion each year by targeting people's insecurities about their weight and size. And the beauty industry brings in more than a hundred billion. So ladies, let's get into it. Their first question is, what does body image mean to you? Body image to me, you already covered some of it, um, is the perception of how I see my body. So when I look in the mirror, what do I see and how do I feel about it? And body image is so important. It affects how you treat yourself and how you treat others. And it can be influenced by yourself, 
your spouse, your family members, your friends, and social media. So there are so many different things each day, starting from when you were younger and first started realizing what body image even was, all the way up until now, those different things that you internalize about what your body image actually is affects you to this very day. And so that's what it is to me. And I don't want to get too far off into it because we still got some more things coming up. But to me, that's what body image is. You took the words right out of my mouth. But to me, body image represents the same thing. My perception of my physical appearance and the way I think I look and how my perception of myself impacts my feelings and my mental health, whether it's positive or negative, it's not always the same. I could love the way I look Tuesday and feel hideous on Wednesday, but that's just you know, how body image is, it's influenced by so many different things, you know, to y'all's point, the way other people in our life see us, the way we see ourselves in the media and how that reflects on our own, our own perception of our body image. But it's, it's just one thing to realize that whether it's positive or negative, still affirm and believe that you are created in God's image and you are perfect. And so even on the days that I don't feel like I'm my most beautiful, you know, I gained five pounds and I I can't fit these jeans like I used to, or I have a pimple on my face, or I have a new mole that just popped up out of nowhere, or I'm having a bad hair, whatever it is, right? I took a picture and I didn't suck my stomach in. And you can see just that that little bottom pudge, right? The foop, you can see my foop through my shirt. And I'm not proud of that. What Whatever the perception is of your body, it's okay to have a negative perception of yourself for like a day or so just to say, oh, I feel bloated today or I look a little more chubby than usual. That's okay. As long as you still know that you're created in God's image and you are perfect just the way you are. Well, to me, body image is like a combination of like you both, like you ladies have both said that it's, it's like a combination of thoughts and feelings that you have about your body and who you are really as an individual. And these feelings can be negative or positive and are usually greatly influenced by our environment. So for example, if you come from a background where people always affirmed you and told you how beautiful you are, you might be more likely to have a positive body image. Whereas if you came from an environment where everyone is telling you to lose weight, you are not good enough or pretty enough, you can internalize these statements and develop a negative body image. And that is why I think it's so important that we instill positivity into our young boys and girls as they're coming up so that they can become adults who don't care what society says they should look like. And a lot of people really say negative things about Lizzo, but to be honest, I love her confidence. She will wear anything, she will put on anything, take pictures and post it no matter how people may say they don't like the pictures, no matter how people may paint a negative um, image of her. And she's able to do that because she has a positive body image. And um, I think that's something that's so important for our mental health. And it really helps us to love ourselves more when we're able to accept our body and how we've been created. We're able to give more self-love to ourselves. So speaking of self-love, what does self-love mean to you? I'll jump in since Nalita has all the thoughts tonight, because I know she's going to say something that's on my mind too. (laughs) But I love that about us. I love that about us because we are on one accord. But for me, self-love is, it goes back to what I was saying about even on days that you may not feel your prettiest, you still know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have a, a high regard for yourself and you treat your body as the temple that it is from making healthy choices 
physically working out, eating right, but also just affirming positive things over your life, treating yourself kindly and showing up for others in a way that is also uplifting. Because I do think that a version of self-love is reflected in how you treat others as well. You know, as we talk about, you know, someone like Kevin Samuels, who used to berate and just humiliate women time and time again, that's rooted in a lack of self-love for yourself because you don't need to tear anyone else down to prove a point. But going back to self-love, it really just means taking care of your own needs and sometimes being a little selfish with it. And that's okay too. But, you know, just not sacrificing who you are just to appease someone else. And just remembering that, like I said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, created in God's image and a perfect, just the way you are. Somebody cue that Bruno Mars song. I feel like it fits right here. <laughs> just the way you are. Thank you, sis. <laughs> Thank you. And begin back in. Self-love to me is loving yourself and how you choose to love yourself. It is how you choose to honor yourself and it starts with and is directly connected with how you perceive your body image. So how you choose to love yourself starts with the words you heard growing up as well as what you have internalized and still hear or say to yourself today. And how you love yourself translates to how you love others and invite them to treat you and love you. Your boundaries and everything else is built upon how you love yourself and what you will allow to happen to you and what you will allow people to say to you and how you allow them to treat you is based upon and rooted in the things that you've internalized about yourself. And so that to me is how I define self-love. That is so true. And I think it really defines the decisions that we make in life too, like how we love on ourselves and the people who we associate with, like it's a necessity of life. Self-love is something that we all need in life for those reasons. I definitely agree with that. To me, self-love can mean something different from one person to the next because we all have different needs and we all take care of ourselves differently. But to me, self-love means self-acceptance. It is not only the things that you like about yourself or that you admire about yourself, but it's also being accepting of the things that you may not find so attractive about your personality or your appearance. It's like Beyonce said, accepting yourself, flaws and all. And throughout life, it's so easy to appreciate the things you love about yourself, but It takes time and true growth to appreciate the things or become one with the things that you don't like. But we do ourselves a disservice when we only appreciate half of who we are. And for example, I'll tell you guys a story. Like coming up, I always, always had thin edges before it was a thing. (laughs) And it's just hereditary. My hair is very thick and full everywhere else. But when it comes to these edges, my hair would just never grow in that area. And I used to get teased so much about it when I was coming up, so much so that as an adult, I became very self-conscious about it. And I probably spent hundreds of dollars on products that were proven to help the edges grow. And I would even wear my hair in certain styles to keep from showing my edges just because they were so thin. So one day I went to a stylist who asked me about my edges and I told her about my struggle and how long I've been dealing with it and how much money I have been spending towards it. And I really didn't go to her to help me solve the problem. I just went to her because she she did really uh, a good job on hair. And so she said something to me that I took offense to at first, but it resonated with me after. She said, well, you just gonna have to make peace with it and keep on moving. And I was like, what? I'm never coming back to this lady again. (laughs) I'm never coming back to her. But as I thought long and hard about it, you know, that is true. There are some characteristics and trademarks that God has blessed us with 
And we may not like it. We may not appreciate it at first, but God said it was perfect. And so it's so important for us to make peace with what we might consider imperfection and and move on from it and just learn how to love ourselves regardless of what we might think is an imperfection. So my next question is, have you ladies ever struggled with appreciating your own body image? Yes, I am still learning how to appreciate my body and not only for how it looks, but also for what it does for me. I mean, every day I come across something that's just like, have you appreciated your body today? Because your body could be falling apart and doing all this and doing all that. But look at the things that your body is actually doing. If it's absorbing water, if there are people like I went on this trip and someone was like, I am so jealous of your skin. It's just glistening. And I guess it's because you moisturize. And I was like, mm. Yes, God has blessed me with this luxurious skin. And I, you know, I can't complain, but every day I'm complaining about this discoloration or this or that. And I'm really not happy with um, my body, but there are things that people are, you know, sitting in the background jealous about for my skin and for me to live in this body and not accept (laughs) what comes along with living in this body is me doing a disservice like you said to what God has blessed me with and so but looking at it yes struggling with appreciating my body and it definitely affects how I love myself because I have sometimes found myself not recently but sometimes found myself avoiding looking in the mirror because I know what's going to be looking back at me. found myself not taking pictures or trying to take them from this angle. And let me look at these pictures before you do anything. You ain't going to post it because I ain't going to be looking any type of way. And it's not really flattering to me. And I think that, that that's just a normal fact of life. It really does affect how you love yourself, um, how you perceive your body as being. Or not even what you think, but what you feel like people are going to think once you post this picture. Oh, she done fell off. Oh, she used to be hot stuff in high school, but she can't talk about nobody. Or on the other side, mm, we ain't know that that's what she was hiding behind them floor length skirts. <laughs> and so you really just have to come to terms with what your body is, but also what your body does for you every day because I mean I don't know about y'all but just being able to get up and walk around and I am just so thankful like you said Shalana just what God when he went through his creations he looked at them all and he said and this is good and I love looking at nature and what about me when God he cared about all the other stuff but he made us in his image and he said that it was good and so no matter what no matter how I really feel about myself or no matter what I'm looking like right now there's always the potential for change and you if you're not liking what you look like you can get up and you can discipline yourself and it's not just about building a habit it really is about being disciplined and it's a journey you know when you when you get off 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 task and off track get right back on it's it's a journey yeah okay so my weight has been something that I have struggled to accept since forever and one day I remember um, looking back at some old pictures from high school and thinking about how skinny I was but at that point in time I saw myself as fat but looking back at those pictures now I'm like man I wish I could get back to that size but it's just so crazy how I didn't appreciate how I looked at that certain point in time and I think a lot of that body dysmorphia I had back then was due to being teased about my weight by my peers and sometimes family members and and I won't say like family members would do it like in a derogatory fashion 
but they will make nicknames that they thought were cute. And I think that is something that we have to keep in mind as an African-American culture and our families that sometimes when we make nicknames for each other that kind of pinpoints features, it can really have some harmful effects, you know, on people. And so I don't, like I said, I don't think my family was really trying to be derogatory, but, you know, they would make up nicknames and things like that. And so I think that is what led to me believing back then that I was overweight, but which I really was not back then. And so I've just learned to accept the shape that God has given me and be proud of all my curves because there are people out there who will pay billions of dollars for what I have. And of course, I am striving to change my diet and exercise more and be a better steward over my body, my temple. And of course, as I mentioned before, this will always be a journey for me, but I'm committed to showering myself with love and grace throughout this whole journey. Now, what ways are you showing yourself more love and appreciation? So first of all, I'm going to need you to tell me what family members were giving you a nickname so I can run (laughs) up on them. Okay, that's number A. Because what they not going to do, what they not going to do. So true. So true. Yeah. My cousin. I remember this one time I um, was living in Orlando doing an internship. And when I came back to church here in Atlanta, one of the older uh, ministers at church was said, oh, girl, you got fat. And I said, oh, you still ugly, but I can lose weight. (laughs) Ain't no regimen for that. And I got in trouble. (laughs) But But I, I say that to say, don't be afraid to clap back at people when they try to make comments about your weight because they just mad that you look better than them. But to the question at hand, I do a couple of things because I gained a whole lot of weight after I lost Joshua. I mean, I was drinking all the time, ate a whole lot. I had like no regard for the consequences of my actions. And so like one day I woke up and realized I had gained 70 pounds after losing the baby. That's on top of the baby weight that I had. And so, you know, that really impacted how I saw myself. But in 2021 and toward the beginning of this year, I had this like new appreciation for how my body got me through the height of the pandemic. Now, thankfully, I never contracted COVID and no one in my immediate family, like my husband didn't catch it either, thank goodness. But that is when I really started showing more gratitude for my body because the mental toll that it took, the the stress and anxiety of just leaving the house sometimes to do basic things was a lot. And then as the world started opening up, I had to readjust to being comfortable, getting on a plane, being around other people, taking my mask off to eat and not putting it right back up while I chew my food. You know, just all of these different things that, you know, caused anxiety, losing friends and classmates and relatives and and people I was thinking about, but forgot to check on who passed away, you know, all of that emotional and mental trauma, but my body got me through all of that. And that's when I started just showing more gratitude for my body and for what I was able to survive just from like a mental standpoint and from a physical standpoint, because truth be told, I haven't been like physically sick with the cold in going on three years now. And so that's when I really started just treating myself better as a form of gratitude and appreciation. So drinking less, listening to my body when it says rest, or when it says we need to exercise, or when it says I need vegetables and nutrients, and just giving my body all of the nurture and care that it deserves because it has been so generous to me. And So one thing that I did was take a page out of being Mary Jane and I started putting post-it notes like all over my mirrors and all over the house that affirm self-love. And sometimes I just write one word, beautiful or sexy or seductive if I'm, you know, in that mood or, you know, just different things that affirm me as a beautiful Black woman. And then I also 
a few times a week before, you know, I take my shower and get ready for bed, I will just stare at myself butt naked in the mirror, like Jesse Williams style, butt naked, and just show gratitude for every single body part. And I just, you know, just look at myself from head to toe and just express like how grateful I am for this body that God gave me. And I think being able to reconnect with myself that way is very uh, intimate. It's very personal, but it's a way for me to almost make up, like play makeup to my body for the, the, the way I used to treat it when I just didn't care, but also as a way to say, I'm sorry, and I'm not going to treat you like that anymore. You deserve better because you've gotten me through so much these last couple of years through the pandemic. And I'm showing you how grateful I am. And that's really what kicked off my weight loss. Cause I still eat a little bit trifling and I don't work out as much as I should, <laughs> but being committed <laughs> to taking care of my body in the simplest form, I think is, is the best way that I can show appreciation for myself. I am being intentional about giving my body love and also lifting up those around me, um, starting with my daughter. I once read something that addressed how you speak about yourself. And that really got me. How you speak about yourself. You ain't even talking about somebody else. But how you speak about yourself subconsciously influences or affects the people around you. Because you could be walking around and just be, you know, oh, God, I'm just so fat. Or, oh, I'm so this or that. And the way that you're talking about your body, subconsciously, your child or your family member or whoever it is that's around you at the time starts really thinking about their body image and trying to analyze. If they think they fat, then what am I? Or this is how they talk about their body. Is that what we, you know, is that what I, I should be doing? And so I have never wanted to teach my daughter that, she should look at her body and be like, am I skinny? Am I fat? Even family members who be like, oh yeah, she is high yellow. She gonna have it easier in life. As I've gotten older, I have spoken out more about the little things that people whisper or and say to your child's face. And even to, to my face, it didn't really affect me so heavily until a little bit ago, but when my mom would be like, girl, yeah, she so little, she's so skinny, she's so thin, she a beanpole. Okay, and she's eating, I can tell you that. She eats her meals, she's getting her vitamins, she's doing whatever she needs to do for her body, and right now, that's what her body needs. It's not saying that she needs to eat, it's not a, a cry for food. That's not the only need that I need to have met. And so sometimes like you, your body is going through stress. And what do we do when your body's going through stress? We may stress eat. We may do something that that's not really what my body is asking for. So like you said, Caroline, finding out what is my body really asking for and meeting those needs of my body. And sometimes people hating themselves starts a generational wave throughout your family because you can be saying something to your child about some inadequacy you see in yourself, but then you're attacking your child with it. And now they have started something that's unhealthy for them to be doing. And so me intentionally making sure that I'm not talking about my body in a negative way. Not to myself and not in front of my child, not talking about her body in a negative way and making sure even when she does say something about her body that's negative, turning a spin on it. Okay, well, what did your body do for you? Were you able to participate in PE? Were you able to go out and play with your friends? Were you able to do this? And if not, how have you been treating your body? And maybe your body needs some more water or maybe it needs this and that's why it's acting like that. And so that's Feeding her body image and her self-love has helped me feel better about my body and myself and the way that I treat myself. 
and knowing when I need rest. I feel like a lot of times I'm kind of behind on <laughs> the new the makeup trends and my friends are going out here just glowing and looking all beautiful. I'll be like, gosh, I really need to learn how to do these brows so I can you know, go out and be looking grown and sexy just, just as well. But just allowing myself, if I do feel like going to follow these trends, you know what, I can. And so I become intentional about that. If that's something that I really want to learn, not just because I looked at you and saw that that made you look good, but that's something that a passion that I want to pursue, then I'll pursue it. I'm supposed to have started speaking these affirmations over myself every night before I go to bed, but I haven't started yet. It's supposed to be two days in the making. So tonight I might have to set me an alarm and just make sure that I do speak a positive affirmation over myself because I really am truly grateful for what God has bestowed upon me. No matter what I've had to go through no matter how I feel like this body doesn't start declining after turning 30. I still am so very grateful for all the things that I'm able to do. Becoming disciplined, eating better, making sure that what I'm fueling my body with is worth actually fueling my body with. And making an investment in myself is one of the biggest things I could do to further influence my self-love and my body image and that's the same for you guys make sure that you're doing what you truly love and if it's something that's not working out it's always an opportunity that you can change so some of the ways that I am showing myself more love and appreciation is number one making myself a priority I think in general, like when we get really busy in life, we have so many things at one time going on. It's very common that we put everything before ourselves in order to accomplish those tasks. And I've gotten to a place in life where I'm learning not to do that. I'm learning to put myself first and my self-care first, because if I don't care for myself and put myself first, then I'm not going to be good to any other task or anyone that I have to care for. So making myself a priority is, is definitely one, one thing that I'm doing more. I'm also trusting myself to be a good steward over my life, not only my life, but my affairs and the decisions that I make from my own health. And I'm also being truthful with myself. Like the other day, I was like, Shalana, you out here telling your patients that you need to do, they need to do X, Y, Z. They need to make their appointments for their doctors. But honey, have you gone to the doctor this year yet? <laughs> so I am holding myself accountable for the things that I need to do that will help me provide myself with more love and more self-care. And I'm actually setting boundaries, you know, taking inventory of the things that I don't like you know, and the things that I wish people would stop doing. And, I, and I'm setting boundaries and I'm communicating um, those boundaries as well. And I'm also giving myself grace. We talked about, you know, our personal journeys and when we fall off track and getting back on, like I'm giving myself more grace when I get off track of, of some of my goals and I'm speaking positivity, you know, into my life, my own life, because just like that song by Donald Lawrence says, you have to encourage your own self sometimes. So I'm learning to do that a little bit more and not waiting for other people to do that. And I think, you know, that is it. And then definitely affirmations, like Caroline, you said something um, that was profound, like standing in front of the mirror with no clothes on and just pointing out the things that you love about yourself. I think that is a perfect way of showing yourself love and showing yourself gratitude and really um, appreciating yourself. So those are the things that I'm doing. And you both showed and demonstrated amazing ways of showing yourself more love and appreciation. And I think that these are definitely good tips that our listeners can definitely take back and, and maybe apply to their own lives and to their own situations. Okay, so we have reached the side segment of the show, and I like to refer to this segment as the oodles of noodles of the show. 
if you didn't get it, go back and listen to last week's episode. (laughs) Because celebrity news and gossip is amusing and entertaining, but we all need something that will feed our minds, body, and spirit throughout the week. So here we are with the sidebar segment. So today's topic is inspired by Juneteenth. Juneteenth was this past Saturday, the same day as Father's Day. And shout out to all the fathers out there and happy belated Father's Day. I'm sure many dads were out there on the grill this past Sunday. Shout out to my dad who was on the grill with his sweat rag draped over his shoulder on Sunday. So in honor of Juneteenth, we wanted to celebrate our Blackness by discussing a few discussion topics that will help us commemorate our culture. So the first question is, how do you feel about Juneteenth, ladies? Girl, I'm still learning what to feel about Juneteenth. I really can't say I feel any which way because I'm still currently learning about it this week new facts every day only in the last two years did I learn that Juneteenth was even a thing and what it was just yesterday I learned who told the south general Gordon Granger and where it was that he alerted us of this announcement Galveston Texas Mm -hmm. and what it was originally called which was Jubilee But for me, really, it's just a time for a cookout and it brings better bonding with my family and my friends. And so it's a celebration to be alive, not necessarily for what we celebrated as today, but just knowing and appreciating what I have in my family. And the thing about Juneteenth that I hate is how people have exploited it and when it feels like we haven't made all that much progress away from that first announcement now we have and I'm not trying to belittle the progress that we have made but whereas some of the chains became less physical I feel like they're now more emotional and financial and we still have a lot of work to go to be truly celebrating this freedom in America yeah, I I agree. I'm kind of torn on that too, because I love any moment where we can celebrate us, whether it's Juneteenth or Jennifer Hudson winning the EGOT, or Beyonce dropping the album. I am here for any time that we can celebrate us, because it feels like there are so many people in the world that try their hardest to do the exact opposite. But... Part of me, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but part of me feels like white people should still work on Juneteenth. Like, I don't feel like they should get the holiday off. It should just be for us. Because like, what are you taking a day off from? That should be ours. <laughs> that should, it should be ours. Like, shoot, you only said what they probably feel about us on July 4th. It just it, Girl, it they feels can too keep equal. the reparations yeah. if they let the black people off and the palm colored still be at work. And they shouldn't get paid. Right. Like, no, forget that. Let us have a day off paid, but y'all go to work for free. That is how I want to celebrate Juneteenth out here in these streets. But no, but for real, I I am glad that the country acknowledges that the Emancipation Proclamation was not freeing for our people for another 200 years. I mean, two years, (laughs) for two years, I didn't drink too much. Like imagine still being a slave for two whole years, not even knowing, not even knowing. And so I'm glad that the country recognizes their fault in that and acknowledges our freedom when we were really free. I I don't like all the appropriation and part of me wishes that maybe it shouldn't have been a national holiday because then we wouldn't have Walmart appropriating a black woman's ice cream or, you know, places like Bath and Body Works putting up 
watermelon display candles for Black History Month, right? But it does make a lot of people read more, do more research and find out more about Juneteenth. And it also makes companies become a bit more conscious because employees are starting to ask about the day off. What is the company doing? How are you going to honor it and acknowledge it? So I'm here for the transformation that is taking. I just hope that over the years, we see a lot more activism versus just like performative activism like we see now yeah I feel that like both of you ladies I had to do my research so initially I was excited about Juneteenth because it was given to us during a time when the nation was protesting after George Floyd was murdered and people were rallying for change we were rallying for just being included. And when it was announced that we were given this day as a federal holiday, I was excited about it because it's like, okay, a change is finally coming. But then when I did more research and I learned that Juneteenth is not a representation of the emancipation of all the slaves, nor does it reflect the signing of the 1863 Emancipation Proclamation, which technically freed the slaves from the Confederate States. And it doesn't commemorate when the end of slavery was written into the Constitution. Those are all the things that I learned when I looked up Juneteenth. It only represents when a handful of slaves in Galveston, Texas, found out they were finally free. And during my research, I read this paragraph in an article that read the following. I'm going to read it verbatim. It says, quote, in many ways, Juneteenth represents how freedom and justice in the United States has always been delayed for Black people. The decades after the end of the war would see a wave of lynching, imprisonment, and Jim Crow laws take root. What followed was the disproportionate impact of mass incarceration, discriminatory housing policies, and a lack of economic investment. And now, as national attention remains focused on acts of police violence and various racial profiling incidents, it is clear that while progress has been made in Black America's 150 years out of bondage, considerable barriers continue to impede that progress. So after I read that article, I said to myself, like, why are we even celebrating this day? And why are we making such a big fuss of it when it really doesn't fully represent our freedom? But after much reflection, I came to the conclusion that even though it doesn't fully represent the freedom of all of the slaves, it still is part of our history. And it is a great catalyst for influencing people in our society to really do the research and learn more about our history because this was not taught in public school. I didn't learn about Juneteenth. I didn't know about Juneteenth until I was like a young adult in college. And it was in one of my African-American courses in college. But by the time I graduated, the lesson really didn't stick because even in college, it was just kind of like a skim through. But now that this is a national holiday, I felt the need to know more. So in my opinion, Juneteenth has created an awareness it gives us more motivation to celebrate each other and our culture. It is another time for us to be recognized by our society other than, you know, February. And it is a great day for Black-owned businesses to get the recognition that they deserve as well. So we should definitely celebrate it in the biggest way, even though it's not representative of the emancipation of all of the slaves. And it doesn't really represent much progress but we should really celebrate it in the biggest way. But we should also take the time to educate ourselves so that we are knowledgeable about what this day is really all about. Which leads me to my next question. How does being Black make you feel proud? Child, there is nothing like the Black experience. And even on our hardest days, watching stories of more missing Black girls or watching more Black men die at the hands of police, being Black is still the most lit, 
live and bold thing there is. I just, I can't explain it. Like I love being black. I would not trade this for anything else in the whole world. You just, you have to be black to understand this feeling, but it's like, no matter the hardships that we see on a day-to-day basis, the racism, the microaggressions, the prejudice, the discrimination, being black is still the most beautiful experience I could ever imagine for my life. Same sis. And I just want to add that being black makes me feel proud because there is no other people like us. We come in so many different shades. We're beautiful, creative, talented, compassionate, passionate. We love deeply. We have our own spice, our own feel, our own magic that is uniquely us. It can't be taught or bought. It can't be captured or destroyed. We hope and we dream and we achieve. And our culture is so rich. Everyone wants to be black. (laughs) I don't care what anybody says. In the back of my mind, I'm like, you want to be black. Everyone (laughs) tells me all the time that my laugh is like, if they were giving out superlatives, I would have the best laugh. I've heard that everywhere I go, people want it. My skin, people imitate it. My body, people pay for it. (laughs) And it still isn't the same. Our black is beautiful. Okay, Maya Angelou, two snaps, two snaps. So I share the same sentiments with both of you ladies. Being black isn't just about struggling. It's not about slavery. It's not about trauma. I think that it can be easy for one to always just see the negative because most of the time when society is talking about our culture is always because of something related to racial issues or our struggles, you know, in society. But being Black is a celebration of resilience. Being Black is beautiful. When you look at us as a people, we come in so many different shades of melanin. Our hair comes in different textures. We have high cheekbones, full lips, and legs, hips, and body. (laughs) And, And we age well too. Black is just overall beautiful. And to me, Black is joyful. Now, last week, when we talked about the cookout rules from the article, we ran across the different rules and regulations. And we thought it was really funny because we could relate to every single thing in that article. Somebody's always asked to run to the store. Somebody's uncle is always cooking food on the grill with a sweat rag. People are always playing spades. Everyone knows how to do the electric slide. Only black people can relate to this stuff. And I really love this about us. Like our culture is fun. Our culture is, like I said, resilient. Like we, I I couldn't see myself being a part of any other culture, any other race. And again, I'm also so proud of my ancestors and the ones who paved the way for me to be able to get an equal education as everyone else, who paved the way for me to vote and paved the way for me to live a life of freedom. They all make me proud. And I just feel like our culture is just so full of of strength and yeah I feel proud each and every day 365 not just on Juneteenth now the next question is how do you celebrate your blackness every day by being extra loud and we talked about this a little bit last week but not code switching and conforming to like the respectability politics that they expect from you in public spaces or in corporate spaces. I am just authentically me and that's, you know, extra black, even with my black card pending, you still going to get all these y'alls, this AAVE at work, you know, all the different hairstyles, the proud black graphic t-shirts, repping my sorority whenever I can, you know, all those things that speak to me as a black woman. But also I'm really intentional about buying black, building black and banking black. So I shop with black owned businesses as often as I can. I talk about it all the time. And if you follow me on TikTok, at Hey Southern Bell, 
you will see that all the makeup I use even comes from like Black-owned makeup brands. And I don't wear makeup from non-Black brands. Pat McGrath, The Lip Bar, Minted Cosmetics, Juvia's Place, Fenty, Beauty Bakery. There are so many. And I love that they create shades and hues just for our skin because before a lot of these Black brands, we might have five shades to choose from maybe on a good day, you know, thinking like five, 10 years ago in the beauty industry. But thanks to these Black brands, we have more things for us. And that's a good feeling to have. But I don't just buy like a cute t-shirt and say I support Black business. Like that's cool. That's great if you do. But to really be an ally, especially white people who are listening, I'm talking to you, start replacing your everyday purchases with Black-owned brands. When you're shopping for a gift for someone, buy from a Black Etsy seller. You can filter your target searches just to Black-owned brands or women-owned brands or LGBTQIA plus brands so that you can be very intentional about where you spend your dollars. And I also refuse to gatekeep. Like there's enough room for all of us to eat at the table. And I don't believe in withholding information that could help like another Black person succeed, whether it's like business advice or relationship advice or, you know, entrepreneur advice for somebody else or corporate advice, whatever it is. Like earlier today, I spent an hour on the phone with one of my cousins because she's going through the home buying process. And we were just exchanging stories and exchanging experiences so that hopefully one of us could save money not making a mistake that the other one did. And, you know, talking about ways that we can save money or make the most out of our offers when we put an offer on a house and things like that. But I don't gatekeep because there's no reason why all of us can't win together. And banking Black is really important because it's hard to see banks like Wells Fargo. They were already out here giving shady loans to Black people for the last 10 to 15 years. Then they're out here doing fake interviews just to say that they met a diversity quota before they hire a white person. Black banks don't do that. They are much more likely to invest more money in Black businesses. They put more money back into our community. They give us loans at lower interest rates. And so it only makes sense to put your dollars back into a Black financial institution. So all of that to say, buy from Black businesses build Black in your communities and bank with Black financial institutions. That's how I make sure I celebrate culture every day. I didn't know I was getting on here to get my edges snatched by my own sister. (laughs) But she definitely challenges me to be intentional every day. So how I celebrate my culture is waking up and appreciating and taking advantage of the privilege that I do have. And what I'm going to do more is give back to my community, not just with my family and my friend group, and not just even to my patients, but actually being intentional of going out and serving my community outside of the sphere that I already hold sway and influence in. So I am taking more time to learn our history, to learn more about it. Because as I mentioned before, in public school, I didn't get a really get a lot of Black history. And in college, I really didn't get a lot of Black history. But I just feel like being part of this culture and being a part of this race, it is our responsibility to make sure that we learn our own history. So we shouldn't depend on the education system to do it for us. So one of the things I am doing is trying to learn more. I'm still trying to finish the 1619 project. (laughs) My goal is basically to read this whole book by the end of the year. I also have it on audio. And so while reading, I usually kind of flip back and forth. So that way I can get through the book. Another thing that I'm doing is I'm striving to make sure that Black women receive the adequate health care that they need. Because as Black women, we are at risk for so many diseases and chronic illnesses. And many of us 
really do not have the resources to receive adequate care. That's one thing. And then two, you know that there is medical racism. And I just feel like being a Black healthcare provider, it is my responsibility to make sure that my sisters and brothers receive the care that they deserve. So I strive and I do that every single day. I make sure I educate my patients. I make sure they get the proper screening that they need. I'm just really making sure that I'm on top of their health and that they are too. So that is one thing that I do every day. And another thing is I have made it my business to make sure that I am doing better with being intentional about supporting Black-owned businesses. So definitely. Now, the last question of the evening is, what is your favorite song that celebrates Blackness and why? I couldn't think of just one. I have like four. <laughs> I know I should have followed the rules, but So Fresh, So Clean by Outkast. It's, it should be self-explanatory. Black Parade by Beyonce. Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud by the late, great James Brown. And this is America by Childish Gambino. Well, I hope that Shalana didn't bring just one to the table because I did uh, originally have one and then I sneak a peek at Caroline's playlist and I created <laughs> some more. So <laughs> my original is Stand Up by Cynthia Erivo because if you watched Harriet the movie, that would probably be on your favorites as well. And then listening to the Lift Every Voice and Sing that Beyonce had on her homecoming album. I loved it. Jubilee by Maverick City, which goes off into the Jubilee that God talked about, which was the seventh year and the year of rest and being coming back and drawing it all together and talking about the freedom, living in the freedom and releasing people from their back from slavery and from their debt and all of that stuff and how it ties back into Juneteenth and our history is just very, a very beautiful song to me. Toby Wigway with Fi-Fi, if you ain't heard of it, that's my own personal little ratchet music. And then The Square Root of Possible by Madeline Hills. Check these out. <laughs> well, I follow the rules. I only did one. <laughs> the shade the shade but the one that I picked is a very powerful song that is very representative of our culture and it's titled Young Gifted and Black by Nina Simone and the song was written by Nina Simone and it was dedicated to her friend Lorraine Hansberry and She's the playwright who wrote A Raisin in the Sun. And she wrote it for her before she died. I think Lorraine Hansberry died of brain cancer when very young. I think she was in her early 30s when she died. And her and Nina Simone were very good friends. And she wrote it for her before she passed away. And she actually wrote the song for Lorraine Hansberry as the ode to, a well, it was a representation of a letter that she wrote to her students. So in the letter, she referred to the students as young, gifted, and Black. So she wrote this song to honor her, but it ended up being a sensational hit. And there has been so many different renditions of the song. I think Aretha Franklin has made one. Jennifer Hudson has made a rendition of it and so many different other Black artists. And it is a powerful song. When it was written, it was also during the height of the Black Power Movement and the Civil Rights Movement and the John Crow era. And this was a time, in my opinion, that I feel like Black people really needed to be affirmed. They needed to know that even though white people didn't want them to attend their schools, they were young, gifted, and Black. They needed to know that even though they couldn't vote or people didn't want them to vote, they were young, gifted, and Black. They needed to know that even though people would let dogs loose on them and spray them with water hoses, they needed to know that they were still young, gifted, and Black, no matter what challenges they were faced, faced with back then. And I really think that this song is still relevant today. When I think about us as a race, you know, we are all 
gifted and black, no matter how old we are. Well, hell, that's the only song you mm-hmm. need. If that's the one you pick, you don't need a whole list. They can't stand up against my phone. <laughs> now, this has been an awesome episode. Happy Juneteenth. And be sure to meet us next time. Same time, same place. Peace. Thank you for joining us this week on Close the Curtain Podcast with Nalita, Shalana, and Caroline. I hope you enjoyed this brief respite and that something we said inspired or motivated you to close the curtain on whatever is not for the season in which you find yourself in. If you're enjoying Close the Curtain, please rate the show, share it, These things allow more women access to the same wonderful content that you enjoy. If you have questions, comments, or you want to suggest show topics, leave a message for us on our email, hello at closethecurtain.com. Again, that's hello at closethecurtain.com. You can also stay connected with Close the Curtain Podcast on Instagram at our handle, at Close the Curtain Podcast. Our website is www.closethecurtain.com. And our podcast can be enjoyed on the following platforms Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor, with more to come. This has been an awesome show. Don't forget to meet us next time at the intersection of pop culture and wellness. Bye.